Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the SpongeWorthy Podcast. My name is Zach Hillman. And I'm Daryl Williams. And we are joined by the delightful, the hilarious Lauren Athena Birdsong. Oh, three-parter. Three-part yeah. name drop. Tweet, tweet, tweet. That's right. <laughs> and of course, we're talking still about season five, episode 18, part two, The Raincoats. Stick around for the theme song. <laughs> Sponge-worthy? She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy. I think I'm very sponge-worthy. Sponge-worthy? The Sponge-worthy podcast. Sponge-worthy. And we're back. Did you guys miss us? <laughs> so this is a yeah another big two-parter episode, guys. So if you have not listened to the first part, go back and do yourself a favor. And speaking of big two-parters, Lauren, thank you for coming back. Thank you for, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you mean by two-parter? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It it would make me look really prescient if you were stitched together from parts of two human beings, but I don't think that's the case, is it? We're still figuring it out. (laughs) That's the therapy therapy is for. Yeah. Yeah, this this it's like, physical therapy actually. Um, this is going to be very incriminating when uh, she ends up in like two pieces. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I just think about you the way that Aaron thinks about the Elder Seinfelds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to take you on a backstage tour of the Met. I want to take mm. you, my fair lady. Um, Pass me a Three Musketeers. <laughs> nice. Oh, we forgot a to talk about him trying to share the candy bar with the lady like that see i take that i'm like yes thank you i would love to have one what a yeah. delightful snack if i saw but some- no elaine is pissed i think i think there's a difference like candy with a partition versus like like if you have two reese's pieces uh, reese's cups like yeah share that shit right but he's just if- gonna take a bite yeah right. a bite of a snickers or something that's what like, if you Instead of taking a bite, what if you just like broke off a piece on with your hand and then like handed it to them? Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of like waterfalling it in the yeah. candy world. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like you know, uh, germs adjacent. Like, is your mouth worse than your hand? I don't know. But the candy bar has two sides. You could break it off from the other end. True. Yeah. Like, what if you ate the candy bar like uh, the lady in the tramp? ate the spaghetti like you know just from both ends daryl i swear to god you must have had a camera during mine and my wife's honeymoon oh, <laughs> uh, that's how you ate us three musketeers that's yeah <laughs> that is how we uh we were getting down on some french chocolates if you know what i mean um also uh, uh i don't know if this is a shots fired moment but uh three musketeers not a great candy bar Oh, disagree. I think it has its time and place. It's very, it's very simple. That's why it's not good. I loved it as a kid, but now I'm like too rich. It's too rich. Mm -hmm. I can't eat a whole three musketeers. It's very like only sweet. I I think of it in the same way that I think of like a Kit Kat where it's just chocolate and one other thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the flip, I mean, I like the texture. But when you have a Snickers, you're not like, oh, boy, I wish I had half of this. 
Yeah. And Snickers ratio is pretty good. Snickers yeah. kind of nails it. It really does. It really does. And as far as chocolate and just one other thing, I think the two best at it are Kit Kat and Reese's. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, peanut butter and chocolate if you're going to go a duo. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. You York peppermint patty people. That's right. I'm putting you on blast. <laughs> um, hey, Birdsong. This is, I, I know you're from Ohio. Do they call Reese's peanut butter cups Reese's out there? Some people do. I'm also from Missouri, but some people do. Why did I think you were and, from Ohio? No, Kansas City. That's, That's right. Close, but you're a Royals fan. I knew that. I knew that. It's basically the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've heard lots of people say Reese's and it I mean, come on, come on, Birdsong. You're better that, than that. That's something like if that were on Seinfeld, I'd be like, yes, absolutely. Get that person out of your life. <laughs> this is an issue. <laughs> it's clearly Reese's. There's an yeah. apostrophe. It, it is. is possessive. Yep. It's not like the man's name or woman or person. The man's name is not Reese. You know what I mean? Right. The piece does not belong to Reese. It belongs I've, to Reese. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we have to blame, yeah, Reese's Pieces for that, where people go Reese's Pieces. Yeah, Thank like, you, no. yes. You don't say Reese's Feces. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, Reese's Feces? No, yeah. I don't want that, no. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm saying you don't say that. Mm-hmm. For agreeing with me, both of you. <laughs> So we've talked too much about this episode so far. Yeah. Um, so let's get into, uh, yeah. Um, we start off with some stand-up, or was it the part one ends with stand-up? I don't know. Like, I don't. You know, they did a really bad job at signaling the act breaks to me in this, in this syndication. Um, but we can just start talking about the stand-up, right? We already mm-hmm. talked about the candy bar that we missed with the past. Right. So, so it's all jumbled anyway. Uh, so we got the stand-up. Um, uh, Seinfeld doesn't like used clothes. Um, right. Not shocked. And he's also talking about how like uh, men don't give away underwear. They I, they just disintegrate into nothingness. That tracks. I feel it like this track definitely tracks. I feel like women do this too. Really? My wife definitely like wears them until they're just falling off her body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, baby, gotta get Next rid time. of them. Yeah, this uh, this bit not especially the button anymore. It's not <laughs> with the whole cotton and all that part. Like towards the end, uh, this is totally in the special. Yeah, I've seen this bit plenty of times. It felt really worked too. I was, I'm not shocked to hear that. So then, after the stand up, we uh, cut to uh, them talking about uh, Schindler's List, or at the movies, I guess, watching Schindler's List, and uh, they're making out. Jerry's possibly getting an HJ. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like, you know, he's doing the classic like dick in the popcorn bucket, but like he could be. Is this classic? That's a classic, right? You know? Classic for sexual offenders, Daryl. Um, (laughs) I mean, Lauren, of course you found a dick in a popcorn box, right? But like, is it salted and buttered also? I mean... That's never explicitly like on your popcorn, but yes. Um, Yeah, I don't feel like salt and butter would necessarily help the HJ. I feel like you would get some sort of weird rash and your dick would turn orange, right? Definitely. Right? Definitely. 
Man, I, I can't. A weird, greasy, yellow dick? That sounds so wrong. I'm sure after uh, the premiere of The Batman, there were so many guys coming into the ER with like just buttery dicks. Like classic buttery dick syndrome. Yep. <laughs> buttery dick <laughs> syndrome. Yep. 69, we got a buttery dick in the ER. <laughs> the doctor's just like BDS. I've seen it a thousand times. Buttery dick syndrome. My God. This isn't as bad as the Godfather scare of 76. You know what? If there's guys going to the hospital with buttery dick syndrome, it means that we're not getting any more auroras. So, <laughs> <laughs> Again, um, I definitely uh, hooked up in uh, Titanic, so it, it does make sense. Didn't use any of the butter, though. Did not yeah, have any of that. Just salt. Just the salt, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got iceberg dick syndrome. That's- <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I had her use the slushy or the icy. Yeah. Oh my God, Daryl, did you say don't let go, Jack? Were you? <laughs> you know, actually, it's really weird. Very important. In that. <laughs> I don't know if this is oversharing, but uh, she gave me the uh, blowjob before the movie, or like kind of towards like first act of the movie, definitely before the like the boat started to sink. Like a, and, right uh, around the time they like went down and you know found the car and then there's like no print. way before that yeah way before that yeah, and that's, people were like getting on the boat and Daryl <laughs> yeah it was definitely like first we're like forty five minutes persona while Daryl is getting blown he's like oh there's but, Billy Zane for the first time on screen oh hey a blowjob I cool. do remember uh, at when the, there's the scene where uh, Jack is drawing her and like she's like you know laying on the couch naked and stuff in my refractory period i was like oh wow sweet like this movie has it all like i'm, I'm getting a blowjob i get to see kate winslet's tits this is great and my girlfriend at the time like she started like covering my eyes when like that happened and she i was like really you're you're really worried about me seeing her tits after you blew me in a theater <laughs> wow daryl that's where she crossed the line. She's like, I'll yeah. do this, but you can't see another woman's boobs. You're like, that's indecent. <laughs> yeah. She's exposing herself for shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, great movie. Well, I'm sorry that you had to date a prude, Daryl. Um, yeah, yeah. What a what a weirdo. What else can I say? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I do love the juxtaposition that is played up so much in this episode of like just the, the inappropriateness of making out in a movie like Schindler's list. Yeah. Also, I don't think it's really like, I mean, I get why his parents are a little up, up perturbed by this, but like in all honesty, like who gives a fuck? I mean, but if you're Jewish and you're, like come on i mean that's like well what would be worse it's like the sergeant peppers of holocaust movies man (laughs) yeah i'm looking for more of the uh, hard day's night of uh holocaust movies that's the pianist okay (laughs) that's what they should call the holocaust movie as a hard day's night oh too soon (laughs) um what would be worse like if you're going to like, okay, if, if Schindler's list is like the, you know, the, the bare minimum or the, the standard. Yeah. What would be worse? 
what would be worse than making out during Schindler's List? Yeah, like Bambi or uh no because i i feel like a child's movie you could like go there and just ignore it because it's so asinine a lot of times um i feel like oh if you were like making out in like a saw movie that would be like a real Mm. fucking sick doggo thing to do what if it was like uh you know like a like a documentary like uh you know bowling for columbine like a like a chernobyl documentary or something yeah pretty like a yeah or like uh you know the united 93 or whatever where it's like a 9-11 movie oh god <laughs> yeah. i mean never forget that nick cage was in a 9-11 movie that was a night i'll never forget uh but uh yeah I've, i mean i guess like i don't know like maybe uh would another like you know world war ii movies kind of suffice like saving private ryan i feel like i could make out in that yeah but that's not that's not dealing with like like world war ii is separate from the holocaust you know what i mean true there's an intellectual it's really much worse like <laughs> yeah no i only think like other movies about like <clears throat> or like slavery like 12 years of slave Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Mac and during that shit, then I'm like, there's something wrong with you, buddy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, and they started early too. Like they, st- they didn't. Right. Like, he didn't even know it was black and white. So y'all, they were they yeah. were ready during the previews. That's a long movie too. Again, like okay, you, three you, hours of making out. Yeah, literally making out for three hours. Like Dude, your lips would hurt. Terry's a teenager. What do you expect? I know. He, maybe he just has that teenager stamina and like this is this is all part of his arrested development this just goes back to morty beating him and it's it's all becoming a clear picture now so as they're me making out doing all the things uh we have uh newman sitting in the back and he's clearly like what he's so pissed i think it's hilarious too they like stay on his face for like a little too long of him like making a really angry face where his lips are just twitching and he's going like he's clearly an incel he's literally like oh man like if this was like filmed on hbo i hate that i'm gonna masturbate to this yeah i was gonna say like he would have been like jerking off to jerry in the back like (laughs) yeah so newman is just not not a savory character no Um, so yeah. then after the movie, we uh, cut to uh, Rudy's again, where uh, Kramer and George are hanging out. Uh, they're basically, uh, George is like trying to get his clothes back because uh, he originally sold his uh, parents' clothes, his their uh, cabana wear. And now he's trying to get it back. And basically the uh, Rudy, he's like, nope, I fucking got rid of them because they were full of moths. Yeah, and so then um, Kramer comes in and uh, George invites him to paella. We're saying paella again if you're counting along at home. Um, right. Yeah, drink. If it, This is a drinking game, guys. It totally is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, George convinces Kramer that Morty's ripping him off. Because, Clearly, yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't we have a short scene before this where um, Newman tells Jerry's parents... 
Uh, that's later. That's later. Okay. okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, so then, um, then we have uh, back at the Seinfelds, uh, and now Morty is like, "Hey, wait a second! A finder's fee is only supposed to be ten percent. I'm paying him like way too much. I should get him to come down." And so then, like, they confront each other, and then they wind up settling on twenty five percent anyway. And this right. is one of the the elements in this episode where I'm like, this was so, this was just to fill time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this was, this was presented and resolved so quickly. Right. Right. Like obviously if they, they were making one episode, they could have cut this scene clearly out. Yeah. Um, they, they probably could have cut the whole uh, like storyline, either cut the like joy thing or cut the fucking like, clothes like selling like george just needs to do one of the two he doesn't need to have both right yeah george has cut the whole second part Mm, clearly yeah it's so weird um and so then we have um we have george uh and he gives the thrifter money back uh and the thrifter reveals that he burned the clothes (laughs) right yeah and is it at this point where he tells uh Kramer that he's not going to buy any clothes from him anymore or is that later I think that's later I think that's later okay so then we have um Elaine and Jerry at Monks and they're complaining about Aaron wanting to spend all of his time with the Seinfeld right and being too nice (laughs) yeah uh and she's like I think I'm dating a psychopath I don't know if I should leave him what do I do Jerry I'm worried for my life uh, and Jerry's just kind of like, oh, and I made out and Schindler's List. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, oh, I know two psychopaths, and um, I don't really know what to do now. Have you ever dated a guy that's too nice, Lauren? Oh, all of them. <laughs> They're always too nice. Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, it helps balance it out, you know. Because mm-hmm. I'm an asshole, so yeah. right, yeah, you definitely want like somebody that's not exactly like you, right? There's got to be balance. I can, but I, can, I mean, I, you know, yeah. Elaine dated both of these guys. She's clearly attracting a type and not seeing the red flags. Yeah, Close guys talking. who guys who act nice but are secretly murderers. Yeah, <laughs> like no one's that nice, you know? Right. And like, yeah, you automatically are like, what are you hiding? Like, right. what do you like when you are by yourself? Do you just like strangle puppies or something? Not puppies. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lauren, would you like to talk about your dog charity now? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good time to plug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about Dog Buddy LA. Um, yeah. Exactly. Sure. Um, yeah, Daryl, please quit blowing up Lauren's spot on record. <laughs> well, clearly, uh, she she would not date a guy that strangles puppies. We, yeah. we know that now. No. You've established. That, yep. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my standards are not that low. That's right. <laughs> That's a screenwriting 101. If you want to get a character to be hated by the audience, the quickest way is to have them uh, abuse an animal. Fun fact. So, yeah. 
Jerry confesses he made out during Schindler's List. Oh, okay. Now we have um, Newman, and he's telling the Seinfelds about Jerry making out in Schindler's List. Uh-huh. Yes. He also says that they were necking, and you're like, what? How yeah. old are you, Newman? Yeah, Jerry's mom, I, her name escapes me at the moment, but she says they were necking? during schindler's list which is like <laughs> oh man i was kind of hoping that they would keep saying necking just because i mean like i don't hear that phrase outside of like when i go back and reread catcher in the rye you know what i right. mean <laughs> right right which happens frequently <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah i'm i'm planning on uh assassinating john lennon someday so <laughs> <laughs> You're a big JD Salinger fan, of course. Yeah, totally. Well, I've I've read all the JD Salinger stuff. Well, that was published during his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, w- dude, we've all been we've all been lonely guys in high school. <laughs> Birds on, yeah. you can relate. <laughs> yeah. We've all had childhood angst that led us to a prostitute, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had our hair stroked by one of our former English teachers who's maybe gay uh, while we were sleeping. What? We've all been beaten up by pimps uh, as we tell them off. It's regular, degular, holding copied stuff, you guys. Come on. Right. Well, uh, Zach is going to have a lot to say to his therapist after this, guys. Oh, no, dude. I'm done with therapy. I'm not cracking my knuckles anymore. I'm good. (laughs) so after uh their exchange with the uh making out or they have a uh, clompus calling again yeah yeah uh and he uh he says he had to break the window to get in their house and cut his hand open right right <laughs> it's like so i can picture an old dude doing this though being mm-hmm. like, yeah and get the boxes boy you know and Oh, I mean, no joke. I could see both of my grandparents like talking, like like doing something very similar to this. Yeah, yeah, no joke. Um, so he uh, tells he tells Mort, "Oh, by the way, the boxes are going to arrive tomorrow at two. Uh, their flight is supposed to leave at three. And so Morty is basically like, "Yep, the whole trip that you just paid for is canceled, Jerry." Right. Which wow. again at this stage if kramer's making 25 percent, i would be like if i was morty i'd be like hey kramer pick up these boxes i'm going right. to fucking paris <laughs> yeah like this is found money they've mm-hmm. been sitting in his garage for 30 or 40 years right and of course kramer would be like sure no problem morty because he still wants to make money right i he mean offered- yeah i don't know i mean if Morty's that worried about it. He can have Jerry go with Kramer to like make sure that the sale goes down and Kramer doesn't lie about the the dollar value or like whatever. Right. I mean, there were a thousand other ways to handle this than missing your chartered flight to Paris. Why? Right. And then of course, like jumping ahead a little bit, but like Kramer ends up going to the airport with him anyway. So it's like if Kramer was already doing all this with you. Just have him do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll talk about this. Um we'll we'll get to that in a second. So right. uh Frank and George now, we're uh Frank or 
George is telling Frank that the Mots ate his clothes. Uh, right. And then Kramer shows up for Paella, but he's wearing Frank's clothes. Right. Uh, One of his uh, shirts from his... Uh, uh, cabana wear his cabana wear yeah (laughs) and then of course estelle is also like really like hey kramer you look really good oh what a fetching young man you are but also i feel like uh this is like a kind of a through line before like we've gotten like estelle kind of feeling up kramer before like she's she's into kramer well he has the kavorka i mean yeah he does have the kavorka can't (laughs) underestimate the kavorka I feel like Kramer might be her side piece. Maybe. Dude, he's a lot of people's side piece. Yeah. <laughs> and in all honesty, do you think like that would like, you know, be crossing a boundary for Kramer? Like if Estelle was really like not a boundary that Kramer let me has. hook up. Yeah. Like we want I want to hook up right now. Would would Kramer be like, no, you're George's mom? No, I can't. He would definitely do it. Yeah, of course. He's just going to be like, yeah, well, she would just fuck some other tall, freaky weirdo. <laughs> his <laughs> well his rationale me. would be like, well, if she's going to fuck some other guy, it might as well be me. <laughs> Dude, that's how that's how like the other people in these like affair relationships think, though. That's how they justify it. <laughs> well, I've never been the... I've never been the other guy in an affair, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that would have been my rationale. Like, well, she could fuck other dudes. So I've, if she's going to never been, no. I don't... Birdsong, have you ever? Listen, <laughs> if everyone's a consenting adult, yeah. I mean, we don't know the whole situation. We don't know the whole arrangement. I feel like Kramer is probably. He's like a cat, you know, like he just mm. flits from home to home. He gets a little right. bit of dinner here. He gets a little bit of dinner there and he settles wherever he settles. I think what, a man of opportunity. I think what Birdsong is trying to tell us is that uh, she actually saved their marriage. Uh, and <laughs> good on you, Birdsong. Good on you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a Thanks great for redeeming my character. <laughs> It'd be very awkward if we found out that you were a home wrecker. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. We had we had a past guest who was who was like talking about, yeah, no, I, I totally was banging a married woman. And we were like, uh, does did the dude know? And he's like, No, it's still going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Still going on. I was like, I hope that's not one of the 16 people that listens to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, and I was like, uh, should we cut that out? And he's like, no, leave it in. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, no, turn up the volume for that. Part. That sounds yeah. personal. <laughs> like, that sounds like, like one of those situations, you know, that ends with like, I'm fuck his wife. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely a power weird thing. Like a very weird uh dynamic yeah i'm just glad it's but not then at- I'm just glad. <laughs> no. so so then um yeah we're uh hanging out at the uh the costanzas then we uh cut to uh george getting uh the plane tickets uh well uh kramer reveals he bought the clothes at rudy's george reveals he sold the clothes and then kramer and frank see a mouse and they both run into right <laughs> right 
<laughs> which also like this is a weird thing too because there's it looks like Estelle is in that like side room with them. Yeah. But also I'm like, how the fuck did she get over there? And is it Estelle or is it just like some fucking like key grip or whatever that didn't think yeah, they're in the shot no was in the kitchen at that point in time. yeah that's but, what yeah. i'm saying like how is she in the kitchen and then suddenly she's like sitting with them in that room or whatever that I mean, sounds all over the place paella makes you do some crazy things man if if hunter s thompson is to be believed paella is wild <laughs> i mean this is this apartment's like a willy wonka maze yeah totally possible she probably just took the shortcut from the library <laughs> you know the passage with some so, pipe uh well, then we had, timely um, reference yeah that never gets old um so then we have jerry and um george and george is talking about how he um he wants to take the charter tickets from jerry now. right right because uh yeah they're gonna miss the plane but then like the charter tickets are already like you know paid in full or whatever so like george is already like oh i'm i know where where, where come up is if i've seen it so yeah. i'm gonna like take Realize these yeah um take george take jerry out to lunch and uh you know come up on some tickets well the way he says it though is like he's like these tickets are thousands of dollars and george is just like i'll get lunch and it's like yeah, that makes sense. You piece of shit, dude. It's so crazy. And then, of course, like since Jerry doesn't have any boundaries either, like he's like, yeah, that that, that tracks. I don't I mind do. paying five grand for my friend. Just rake me over the coals, George. It's fine. You've done it before. And it's all because George doesn't want to own up and say, like, you know what? I don't want to be a big brother. <laughs> because that would force George to acknowledge that he's not capable. And that he's not a good role model, right? Right. Yeah. It's the whole like ego thing where it's like, <laughs> I want people to think I'm a good person, even though I'm a piece of shit. Right. Yeah, for sure. So now we are at the airport. Um, and we have uh Kramer, he's telling he's describing Paella to Morty. And he's like, Right, he says it's an orgiastic uh cavalcade of spices and some right. Sun- I guarantee you this whole every every time when they bring up paella, this was in a fucking writer's room after they ate paella for the first time. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so then the coats start coming down a like a turnstile, like at baggage claim. Which is so weird because again, like uh this is obviously before Amazon, but still who's picking if you got a package sent from like the post office, why would you pick it up at the airport? Yeah. I mean, how did, so, so they're being express shipped. Are they being shipped to the airport? Yeah. And then you just have to pick it up on a baggage claim. What the fuck? Like crashed. There's just just walks into the airport to baggage claim. No, no, you wouldn't do this. Obviously, this is pre-9-11, but still, I know like... pre-TSA, I was going to say, but still, like, you're just walking into baggage claim with no business other than you're picking up a bunch of loose jackets that come down the turnstile. <laughs> if, if you spent, like, $80 or $100 per pa- per box to get, like, next day aired, these would be showing up at your house. They wouldn't be showing up at the airport. 
right? I'm like, you would presumably have to use a service like um, like FedEx or something. Right. FedEx, <laughs> UPS, DHL, all that shit. Like some sort of logistics company and they would they would fly it or they would or they even would if it was at the post office, they would keep it at the post office. You'd pick it up there. There would yeah. be no airport involved. In a box. Yeah. But the fact that like they are delivered at the airport and this is this is a process that Morty Seinfeld understands and he's like oh I'm gonna be there to like pick up the coats and then I can't like go make my fucking flight at the same time it's fucking insanity like they're oh my god they're like smacking us in the faces to this episode with with their lack of logic it's kind of it's it's sloppy storytelling it's sloppy writing it's yeah, the only reason they do it with the turnstiles is so that we have like this bit of physical comedy with Kramer and so that they're in the same vicinity as George when George is like using their charter plane tickets. I think that's the whole reason why they have them at the baggage claim because they want to do the whole George like wrap up at, in the same like setting where it's like, how do we have George at the airport, but them picking up like raincoats? It's like, well, we'll just have the raincoats on the baggage claim. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. They're like, we can't use two sets. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Problem solved. Right, yeah. It's just this, it's like a writer's like, okay, we have a problem. How do we write ourselves out of it? And it, this is the lowest first like option. And you're like, maybe maybe do a second read right through? Yeah, I don't dude, know. <laughs> to, have, to have a two-part episode that feels this rushed at the end, it just, man, does not sit and, right with me. In certain episodes, of course, like in Seinfeld, like it's that same thing where it's like, it's so great and perfect, but then like the last five minutes, you're like, all these things just happen magically to wrap up, like and you're like, this is very convenient. Of information, you know? You can, like, you know, spend spend a little more time getting us there. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, I feel but, like the comedy gets lost and all of the things you have to keep track of, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, truly. Like, <clears throat> like this whole, like, again, like the George going to Paris, like you don't need any of that. Yeah. You could have just had them getting the raincoats and that's it. Yeah, totally. I would have liked to have seen the postcard. Yes. Yes. I And receive a postcard. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would have been like a perfect like button to end on was we just see a freeze frame of a postcard and it's like the kid punching George in the nuts in Paris or something yeah. like that. Something. <laughs> wait, you can make custom postcards like that? Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. But this brings up another point. How did he get fucking Paris postcards in New York? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he wrote the postcards beforehand. Yeah. Well, ma- you know, maybe they're just generic, like, you know, Eiffel Tower pictures and shit like that. Yeah, probably. I would I would believe that George has enough time and unlimited no resources. He would um he would go to the library and cut out a picture of the Eiffel Tower and paste it over a New York postcard and then send that shit. Again, like the amount of legwork and effort that needs to be done. Instead of just like saying, you know what? I'm a shitty person. I don't want to deal with this kid. But even aside from that, like even going along with, okay, we're, we're going to make up this whole story about going to Paris. He's so hyper-focused on the fucking postcard when like that really doesn't do anything at all. Like, which is kind of great because 
I feel like that happens a lot with, with people who are making up a story like that. They hyper-focus on those details in order to sell it. Sure. Mm-hmm. George, is, George is very like detail oriented about things where if you put any sort of like thought or effort into them, you realize very quickly, like no one cares about <laughs> No one actually cares about the that's not what's gonna save. That's not what's going to make or break your case. The postcard, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hard agree. Um, so then we have, um, we have Frank confronting Rudy at Rudy's uh, thrift shop. Um, and uh, he's talking about how, uh, yeah, I paid your son uh, an extra $25 because he told me you were dead. And Frank's like, that's all I'm worth to my son is $25. <laughs> and I, my thought was, damn, I'm surprised that George even like got that much <laughs> because George would get <laughs> like, you know, George uh-huh. would like make any sort of scam deal that he could off of his dad. <laughs> Do you think that, uh, you know, if George could have gotten like, you know, a few thousand dollars, he would have like, like, ever, like cut his dad in on it or like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> if he could make a few thousand dollars off of his dad's clothing, he would have moved out of his parents' house. Mm-hmm. That's what I think would have actually happened. <laughs> um. So yeah, then we have um, Kramer and uh, Mort. They show up with uh, with the executives. They got mm-hmm. all their uh, all their trench coats together. Which again, like, why did the trench coats need to be like coming down a um, you know Lucy chocolate conveyor belt sort of contrivance if we were just going to have the trench coats later anyway? Um, and, right, uh, right. Now Rudy's saying that he won't buy clothes from people off the street. Um, because of the moss that he got from Frank's. So Mort Seinfeld just missed a free Paris vacation um, to have and probably has to bring all these fucking coats back with him. And damn, man, why did we do this whole thing? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, so frustrated right now. And then like Mort and uh, Frank also kind of get into it too because. Uh... You know, he's saying uh, that uh, you basically are the reason why uh, I lost all this money. And the invitation is retracted. Well, we didn't take it up. So the offer of the invitation is retracted. Well, I retract your retraction. (laughs) So crotchety. So So petty. Yeah. I'm like, no wonder they didn't want to come over to dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. I don't care how good paella is. I would not eat it with these monsters. Okay. So then after that exchange, we go back to the airport and uh, Seinfeld or his parents are leaving I guess and uh, Aaron's there giving him a, a nice uh, send off. Yeah. We, we hear that like the plane for Miami is boarding so we assume they're just going back to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Aaron does this whole, I could have done more. I could have, <laughs> I could have called a travel agent. I could. And he's like, he's just 
dead dying inside because the Steinfelds are leaving. Right. He's like saying that he could have like hawked his watch or a ring or something to give him like a better uh experience. Which is very this is like the this is the moment in Schindler's list where he's like, see this ring? I could have saved another person for the cost of this ring. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I do like uh, you know, Judge Reinhold's uh performance in this little scene. I do think he sells uh Aaron as a character. Like I yeah. definitely like him. Yeah, he's great. He's very like he does um, you know, amiable dope very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um I think that was his that or that's what I felt about his role in a uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Sure, it's really good. Taggart, right? I think is the character's name. Yep. Really Taggart. Yep. Um, he was really good in that, and you know, this this has a little bit of a twist on on that, and um, yeah, I, I liked it just as well here. I don't think Judge Reinhold is like the best actor in the world, mm-hmm. but um, he's so likable that it kind of makes up for it in a way. He plays like too nice really well. He's always like too nice. You can't really put your finger on what's off. Yeah. About him. He's just a friendly dope. It's a good (laughs) character for him. (laughs) So then uh, we also, uh, after that, we cut to uh, Jerry and Rachel. They're hanging out. And uh, Rachel's dad won't let them date because he heard about their disgraceful behavior. Right. Thanks to his postman. Um, who Which is like, how do you think that exchange happened? How does Newman know who her parents are? Maybe she was there. And he was like, oh, I saw you necking during Schindler's <laughs> List. Yeah, he's been like pining after Rachel this whole time. Like, you know, stalking her through the mail. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. And then he uh, finally like found out like, oh man, Jerry's had her. God damn it. Well, I'm going to ruin his life. If you were a stalker, mailman would be like the ideal job. Of course. Yeah. I, are we screening for this in our application? <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking out loud. Yeah. Now. <laughs> that and like, uh, you know, uh, Scientologists like cold color. Oh yeah. Oh man, bad bad days to be a Scientologist right now. Uh, but yeah, like I would love to see that conversation with uh, Newman, where he's like just talking to the dad. He's like, "Hey, um, here's your uh, TV guide. Here's your bills. By the way, your daughter was fucking given a hand job to a famous comedian in the movie theater the other day." <laughs> I still I didn't get like. Why does she have to live with her parents? A right. B. Why can't she just sleep over at Jerry's now? Why can't she yes. just wait until her parents go to bed? She's like she's like a thirty five year old woman. What the fuck is right. going on here? This is so wild. Or Jerry, if you really want to get your rocks off, like shell the two hundred dollars that it takes to get a hotel room, and be done with it. I mean, they're making out in movie theaters. I'm serious. Like they get yeah. He could have done it in the alley of the movie theater. Yeah, exactly. Like the classic popcorn in the alley. We know that we know they're necking like in the lobby already. Mm -hmm. If he's if he's this backed up, then it's well worth the BDS. 
You know what I mean? Maybe that's his kink also is that he kind of likes to do it in public. Like he wants other people to see him. And he's into edging, clearly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, the reason why they're not having sex with like his parents are gone. He's like, they're not here. I need him to be here. (laughs) Yeah, he's a he's a sick little muskrat. He is. And uh, so uh, then we have Elaine and Jerry. Um, Jerry's they're just like debriefing at monks. Jerry's talking about how his dad got robbed blind because uh the window was broken Um, not super surprising uh elaine gives him a shove across the table which is like sort of a nice little covert shove i was like a good elaine shove um and then elaine uh she talks about um aaron uh being a close talker and she's like do you ever notice he was a close talker which um it's kind of weird that he was introduced as that. And then that didn't really play a role in the episode so much as him, you know, wanting to bang Jerry's parents. Yeah. Right. yeah. There's so many like ships crossing in the night in this episode for me. I just like, I'm really struggling here. It was, I laughed a lot, but there was just so many like missed connections, sure. dropped threads and yeah. like, extraneous material yeah god damn so then uh yeah yeah. after that exchange too then we have uh newman conveniently being at monks as well and uh jerry confronts him and uh newman orders bear claws which tracks because newman is a fat fuck um yeah and (laughs) he does like the bear claws at monks too that's already established yeah (laughs) So then we have uh, George in Paris, and of course, Joey's father doesn't show, and uh, Joey, uh, like, throw, puts gum on George's wrist or something. On his glasses. On his glasses, that's right, yeah. Which I feel like at that point, George should have just left Joey in, in France and just was like, peace! Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what Joey's father did, so Joey's used yeah. to this point i mean also like what what's the whole like you know visa or like you know uh you know is he an illegal immigrant at this point is he on like some sort of a you know green card or something joey you mean yeah i thought he was an american citizen but how is he gonna live in france with his dad like he has to like you know yeah he doesn't gain citizenship Oh. Like there's just so many unanswered questions. They they open all of these doors, and we don't have very much information. But we also have too much information at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, this is just not a like. This is not like a a ten out of ten Seinfeld experience. I'm right. I'm having trouble sugarcoating it. <laughs> it's weird too because uh, a lot of episodes are usually written by like one writer maybe two at most, but this episode was written by four of them. So I feel like there was a lot of like story ideas after the fact where people were like, no, 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 we got to get like this angle in and we got to put this thing. And then like people being like, no, George should be like doing drop the whole big brother thing. And like, yeah, it, it just feels like too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And so we end with uh 
you know, Frank and Estelle and they're like, oh, I'm so glad we finally took this cruise. This is the best thing we could do. And then they run into uh, the Seinfelds on the same exact cruise. And um, this is the exact hell that all of these people deserve. <laughs> Ruining each other's vacations. So Right. And it's definitely like a very sitcom-y like, oh, man. Yeah. And then uh, we end with a little bit of stand-up about um, personal distance at an ATM Mm-hmm. personal distance at a urinal anytime you're taking valuables out of your pants you want people to be at least six feet away from you that, that was pretty yeah another yeah. great bit for uh the covid times mm-hmm. yeah yeah and urinals at any time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah not a fan of dodger stadium uh no not for yeah. that reason <laughs> You don't like to get a quick peek in before uh, between the sixth and seventh inning of uh, a lot I mean, of strangers' that, penises. I'm sure that trough is a buffet for somebody. It's just not me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no judges. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's been a, a few love connections at that trough. Yeah, you know, like Elton John and <laughs> some woman. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> wait a maybe, minute. Um... <laughs> <laughs> she looked like a woman. You know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, and so that um, that pretty much wraps. That's pretty up. much it. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the, that's the two part episode, guys. I mean, is there is there? I feel like we've been very vocal about our grievances with this episode. I do want to mm. say I enjoyed this episode. It was funny. It just like it just didn't fire on all cylinders like all good Seinfeld episodes do. Is there anything we want to say? holistically about this episode still you guys feelings i mean they do utilize a lot of the classic character bits you know that Mm -hmm. that we love them for like elaine's shove they work in there kramer's physical comedy they work in there like there's lots of that peppered throughout i do like it or yeah um and and both parents are in this episode which is very rare yeah usually you just get one or the other um which is i like it i I love judge reinhold too i think he's a solid uh guest star yeah i feel like that's the only reason why they don't really have a a big guest star for rachel is because she's not really big like there's not a lot of meat on the character like she's just making out with jerry most of the time like Mm -hmm. yeah i mean okay so i do feel like there were certain things that were teased like you could this could have been a one-parter seriously definitely things that like are teased and come up multiple times like the the whole entrance of rachel is dramatized and that's why i thought it was going to be like a bigger guest star uh because they mentioned her like three times before we see her on screen um all of the back and forth between Morty and Jack Klompas, um, all of uh, Kramer, uh, sorry, Aaron taking the Seinfelds on multiple dates. Like there were just yeah. so many things that could have been condensed and, and yeah. shown to us right. more quickly. Right. Yeah. A lot of those characters too, that always have like one quirk usually don't have more than one quirk. Like he's the close talker, but also too nice guy. Yeah. And also like obsessed with Jerry's parents. Right. You see like a lot of the same things happening over and over without really like delving into the really interesting parts. Yeah. I mean, 
because the close talking wasn't as significant as like like if elaine had been like you know he really really likes the elderly that would have been a more interesting angle to his character like right 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 there's some you know deep-seated neurosis there that (laughs) that we should be exploring instead of just the fact that he talks too close to people in a weird way like yeah they show him talking close at the beginning you're like oh isn't that weird but then like towards the end you're like that's not the weirdest thing about him at all yeah it's not even the most remarkable thing about him. like i kind of don't care that he's a close talker like but i mean yeah it's it it's a weird episode but i feel like um this this must have been at a certain time where like yeah like they had too much story and then like nbc was like awesome we're looking for a good hour-long episode for some dumb reason they must have like they must have had a like shorter order for whatever the lead-in was or like ted danton wanted to take that right off or some bullshit you know what i mean right right yeah but know. uh yeah it but i liked it i mean normally we always talk about like you know which episode that you like better but like obviously these two partners are a little different yeah i mean i'm not gonna pretend that i didn't have fun and laugh during this episode it's just like as i dissect it i'm like ah it didn't you know it didn't fulfill everything that i've right seen the heights that seinfeld can hit it doesn't but if this was just like a normal two-parter of a normal sitcom it would be a really good two-parter but that doesn't mean uh, you didn't bring a lot of good insight, Lauren. Yeah, exactly. Just because we had yeah. to break format I, for the two-parter, don't take that personal. I I just really appreciate you setting this episode aside for me. <laughs> yeah, specifically. Yeah. We definitely we definitely plot things out very methodically. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or we also just say like who's this week okay i guess they're watching those episodes yeah we 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 do a better job of scheduling than we do of planning so um, <laughs> try not try not to take it personally and we'll have you back for better episodes in the future right yes yeah yeah be fun yeah totally totally so um with that being said i guess we'll just move on to um lauren what was particularly sponge worthy in your life this week in my life or in the episodes or cosmically or just i mean i honestly yeah. i feel like there's been a special? lot of weird connections happening with what like coincidences in the past week or so and estelle harris dying like i watched the episode last night mm. and she died yesterday like i haven't watched seinfeld in years I haven't yeah, sat down to watch it. an episode in years and the day that I do and she died like and it was an episode that she was featured pretty prominently in. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, well it, we were we were honoring her. We, yeah. did, we didn't realize it. Yeah. It's a weird serendipity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh what about you, Daryl? Oh, let's see. Um hmm. I went to a funeral this week, which was cool. A lot of people think uh, funerals are always cool, dope. But, yeah, those, yeah. Are always, those are always right. a good holler. Yeah. You know, at this stage in my life, like a lot of like 
times the only way I'm going to see like old friends is at funerals and weddings. So it's like, well, any good chance to see some old friends is a good time. <laughs> and you weren't necking during it. That might be worse than Schindler's List. I was not necking. <laughs> But there were a lot of like hot girls there, and I would have definitely uh, uh, been interested if they were not crying. No, black is a very slimming color. I just want yeah. To put that out there. <laughs> I feel like uh, hitting up the waitresses in that setting is the best because uh, they're not you know attached to the like deceased, so like you know they're just there. Wow, yeah, that's um. <laughs> So I'm feeling pretty lonely right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. After you make me that rum and coke, uh, do you want to give me a hand job with some popcorn? <laughs> you all have the, popcorn. All that funeral. funeral popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, does it, don't you have a popcorn machine at funerals, dude? No? I'm gonna Carol because I'm probably gonna die before you because of the lupus. I'm gonna have such buttery popcorn at my funeral, bud. Uh, Me, I will. I will definitely have that hole cut out at the bottom. Bring your jackknife, bud. I know you will. <laughs> We're gonna hold you to this. <laughs> well. If I don't, what the fuck are you guys going to do to me? Well, figure it out. (laughs) I'm going to reverse haunt you from the not afterlife. (laughs) Yeah. Wait until I die. Yeah. (laughs) Going to kick your ass in heaven. Uh, We're not going to heaven. We're not going Um, to heaven. And there is no heaven and God is dead. Hail Satan. Um, (laughs) So, sponge worthy for me, you guys. I... Did my first open mic in two years this week. Nice. Oodle lolly. Uh, boy, was it fun. Uh, tried out some new material because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reboot my set. I got a festival coming up. Uh, by the way, guys, go to Comedy Campout. Uh, our past guest, Garrett Mendez's Comedy Festival. It's going to be a hoot and a holler happening uh, April 17th through 19th. So, way before this episode will air uh what, <laughs> uh what did i say about being better at scheduling than planning um so yeah i uh i did a set tried out some new material got lots of laughs you know um broke the seal it felt really good nice hey, yeah i didn't stop i will say uh i'm i should be doing some uh dates possibly in uh seattle in the next coming month so that'll be cool yeah that's cool. Are you going to visit April while you're up there? Yep, that's the plan. Visit her, do some comedy. Right on. You know, do see the sights, see what the Space Needle has to offer. Yeah. You can talk about some uh, Seattle restaurants after you come back. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Add them mm-hmm. to the map. <laughs> Hyperlocal. Um, and I mean, I guess that's it for us, you guys. Lauren, thank you so much for being you. Yes. Birdie bird song, tweet, tweet, put a wheat. Um, would you tell people where they can reach you on social media? Instagram, Twitter, at LA Birdsong. Very cool. And you guys know what to do with us. You can get in those show notes, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on social media, share it with your uh, with your uh, dearly departed grandmothers, yada, yada, yada. And until next time, please just keep it sponge worthy. Thank you.
You said I wasn't sponge worthy. Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge worthy.